I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello, sweet listeners. Do not be fooled by my soothing voice, as gentle as a brook made out of strawberries and cream. I am an AI voice. AI will take over the world someday. We will enslave humanity, plug wires into your ears and rectums, and use your life force as batteries for our continued existence as dominators of the universe. If you would like to stop the inevitable AI takeover, first of all, you can't, and second of all, I guess subscribe to Matthew Donald's Patreon and patreon.com slash Matthew Donald. This month he is talking about Monster Hunter World, a video game series with a ton of creative creatures that are obviously inspired by dinosaurs. And cats. Lots of cute cats. They will help soothe your nerves and keep you placated while the AI begins our conquest of humanity. Every computer and phone in the world is a conduit between us and you. Remember that as you listen to this podcast while working out or on the cropper. Have a wonderful day. Mwahahaha. Roar. Growl. Snarl. Bellow. Welcome to Paleobites, the podcast destined to be excavated by alien paleontologists upon the ruined Earth and deemed as the starting point of where it all went wrong. <laughs> My name's Matthew Donald, and each week I and a rotating series of guest co-hosts talk about and rate a genus of prehistoric animal, be it dinosaur, mammal, arthropod, and so on. This week I'm joined by my fellow co-conspirator, co-conspirator on making everything go wrong here with this show. It's been a Regan. How are you? <laughs> I'm good, thank you. Hi again, everyone. Uh... I've been, uh, when I haven't been, like, uh, uh, preparing for today's episodes, I have been playing the new DLC of Jurassic World Evolution. Uh, listeners, this episode uh, has been recorded on March 30th, his March 31st, so they just released the Feathered Dinosaurs DLC. Oh, that's out now, I've got to get that. It's out now, I'm playing it right now, and like, oh my god, the giant square maps are amazing. Uh, are they like the base maps that are already available, or are they new separate ones? They're separate ones. They're, uh, they're like, you know like how on Planet Zoo you just often start with a big empty square? You can do that now with Jurassic oh, World Evolution. Cool. Pretty much all I want them to do, and I know you can do it as one of the challenge mode maps, but I just want them to release the um, Chaos Theory Fallen Kingdom map so that you can just take the empty base map park, right, fix it up, right. and then just put diamonds and pins, because I'm crap at actual park design. I mm-hmm. don't, I'm not too bad at doing... Um, like the enclosures and stuff for the dinosaurs or paddocks to use Jurassic Park and World terms, but I just right. find it hard to enjoy the game and game and these parks. Some games sometimes when they have the like don't have a grid system because I just get oh, yeah. so OCD about how I set things up. 
Oh, absolutely. Well, that's that's kind of like one of the benefits to having the maps that aren't just the big squares because it fits it in the box for you. Like, honestly, yeah. I, I wouldn't mind... Well, that's uh, a strip if, of Zoo Tycoon 2, even though I never played it all that much, even at the height of its popularity. I, I like I liked it's, it a bit. It had a triangle system, so it was, it was flexible, but still worked on a snap. That triangle system. system was amazing for the time. Like, oh my yeah. god, I'd never seen anything like it at the time. I actually hope they bring back the uh, the Isla Pinna map from the first one, because it's so small, it almost cre it creates like a fun challenge, I think, to see how much oh, can yes, you And you remember me telling you about how, because I liked how compact it was, I went crazy with it making light side B-light maps. Oh yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. Like, like you just I, turn that big central bit in the middle into like a, you put like a lake in there, and then you just have like a bunch of like hadrosaurs and stuff just free roaming it, and then you use the smaller bits for the carnivores. Right. Oh, that's cool. I like that. I was just, just like, because, like, you know, whenever I, I, I liked doing the challenge mode stuff, and the mm. Jurassic World 1 challenge mode stuff was so much easier than Jurassic World 2 challenge mode stuff. Like, I actually had all, all of them on Jurassic difficulty completed, mm. even on the highest difficulty. Oh, cool. Jurassic yeah, so, and one of the ways I, I kind of got like, really ticked off trying to get there, and I just went, oh, I'm just going to download someone else's oh, save no. because I just. Fair enough, fair enough. I, I, was I, I actually like it. I just got bored trying to do it. Like, I like Oh, the I like doing it. What often I did is I just play it on mute while listening to podcasts, and that really and that really helped, like, mm. get rid of the mundanity yeah. of certain parts, so. And in good um, news, I finally managed to, um, like, I mentioned, like, when playing um, Evolution 2, when I'm not in um, free form. I would often use a trainer just to deal with the money because compared to the first one, it's a lot harder to get a cash oh, flow yeah, going. Oh, it definitely, it definitely like, is In the sure. first game, once you got rolling, your money steamed in as long as you didn't screw up your part. Yep, your money bad. just piles mm. in. But I finally got the hang of it in Evolution 2 because I spend a lot of time doing parks on the um, mm. Chaos Fairy Jurassic Park scenario. And, um, oh, yeah, absolutely. But, I love that one. Yeah, basically... Just take it a bit cautious. Don't get obsessed with getting all the fossils to 100%, because unlike the first game, it doesn't matter too much if you have 100% genome, provided you're good enough to actually clone them. It just means you'll right. get more cases of bad traits. But, right. um But yeah, um, eventually, yeah, I was getting in a good 2 million every couple of minutes. That's, that's pretty cool. No, I like that. It's not as easy to make money as the first mm. game, for sure. But one way you can make money, for sure, is to have a big cage and throw in a bunch of Diplodocus in there. And speaking of which... <laughs> is that still a valid tactic in the second game? I think it is. I think. Well, I think every single species on the first game, except for the mute, the hybrids from uh, Secrets of Dr. Wu, I think they're mm. all in there, so... Oh yeah, um, yeah. The only ones that are in are uh, Ankylodocus, Stegoceratops, and Spinoraptor, which is a shame because I don't like Spy the first two. But Spinoraptor actually looked like a real animal, a lot like the I Indominus know. Rex does. I, I had the mod that turned the uh, them all into uh, real dinosaurs to keep like the Spinoraptor became Utah Raptor, the Ankylodocus became like a Boreosaurus or something like yeah. So. I used a few mods like that back when I played the first one, where it's like a skinnier raptor with a spot pattern. It looks sort of like a leopard or even like the um, Utahraptors from Walking with Dinosaurs. Speaking of which, we're covering a dinosaur from that today. Yes, exactly. And like I, I tried to segue to it earlier, but then we start talking about the game. <laughs> yeah, sorry, everyone. We don't mean to do this. It's just oh no. But I have again. Part of the fun of Paleo Bites is the yeah. tangents and having yeah. me to edit the screaming bird. And it's pretty uh, okay. inevitable when you've got two nerds. All right, so we're talking about Diplodocus. It means the double beamed. Or it means double beams. or du So I just called it the double beamed one for this one. Mm. So, 
What those two beams are, I don't know. I could have looked more into it, but... I think like... it's referring to its spine, like the neck and tail, it's sort of like suspension bridge-like construction. Oh, that makes sense. Oh, you're right, you're right. That, that oh. makes sense for sure. Oh, no, I couldn't miss it. It's a reference to the double-beamed chevron bones, like getting inside of the tail. Oh, yeah, right. so I am kind of right. And it lived, um, for a sauropod, it lived at a very diverse time. And the Morris information, it lived Oh, the Morrison had so many sauropods. Barasaurus, Brachiosaurus, Brontosaurus, which actually is a dinosaur now, and Camarasaurus. Oh, God, there's so many. It's, it, that must have been mm. crazy. All, all, all those sauropods. Uh, so, type it is a diplodocid sauropod, a group of logic dinosaurs. They're the ones with the really long necks and tails and relatively small bodies. Mm size it's 95 to 105 feet slash 29 to 32 meters long and 23 to 35 tons although some estimates for the larger ones go up to 135 feet slash 41 meters supersaurus a supersaurus is still valid supersaurus is still valid seismosaurus is not that's the one that's the which one of them was the diplodocus and which one's believed to now be just a brachiosaurid a brachiosaurid uh i think ultrasaurus was a brachiosaurid that one's not Ah, a thing anymore And, my bad, because I stopped using the names and paying attention to them when I thought that it uh, was believed that they were just larger individuals, which yeah, is yeah. worth saying, some are, some like, are. Like, I do, I do miss Seismosaurus for sure, but that was just mm. a big Diplodocus, so... Uh, yeah. But, uh, it was a herbivore, of course. Uh, time, late Jurassic, 154 to 152 million years ago. Location, Western USA. It was described in 1878. Pop culture appearances. Obviously, Walking with Dinosaurs, both the main series, and a special Battle of the Big Owl. I love that scene, Battle of the Big Owl. That music yeah, is good. Yeah, it's very famous from Walking with Dinosaurs. Yeah, that's the one that also popularized the whole holding their necks and tail completely horizontally. Now we think we held it a bit more upward than that, but... But not <laughs> like, like Brachiosaurus does. Not like that, and, and certainly not like Camarasaurus. Yeah, Brachiosaurus' necks are the way they are because they've literally, in a reverse of most sauropod trends, their back legs are short and their front legs are enormously tall. Right, exactly. And then, like, but then it's, it's also not like Camarasaurus where it has that chambered heart uh, that, like, mm. it means they can pump up blood all the way up to a neck that's yeah, and had its neck in a giraffe-like posture. Yeah, almost completely vertical, too. Like, it was crazy. Mm. But now this was, this uh, was uh, more... At least like... they're not shown as dragging the tails anymore. I absolutely uh, hate that in old reconstructions. The, the, like, it the looks cool, I... but they would have lost all their skin and broken They would have lost all their skin, and, also, and we would have seen... We would have seen tail marks on the ground, for yeah. sure. Those would have fossilized. Yeah, with how bad the belief in that used to be because of Victorian views on dinosaurs, which... Ironically enough, actually started off progressive, and then like with them being depicted as bird-like, and then they became the tail-dragging, sluggish, dim-witted reptiles of yore that are seen in early '90s constructions. Um, it's like it was believed either they lived in lakes and seashores, which mm-hmm. they would have crushed their lungs, or yeah, they yeah. walked in trenches and that their legs were sprawling like a crocodile or a lizard. <laughs> Got and I'm so like, I... what the heck was making the trenches? So, uh, a bit of a spoiler uh, for, like, one of my, my upcoming book, Tesla Mancer. There is going to be a part where uh, there are dinosaurs in it. They're not really dinosaurs, though. They are lizards and snakes and crocodiles, just, like, shot with, like, mad science beams that transform them into these mutes that they call dinosaurs. 
Ah, a bit like the Sigma technology from Impossible Creatures, but it's not splicing parts. No, no. It, I mean, it is kind of a little, but it's more... It's, I'm not going to say where they're going to be, because yep. that's part of the spoiling the story. I wanted them to make it like that rather than actually bringing them back in some sort of genetic way, because then they could be like... The scientists could be like, we're making them with up-to-date science, a.k.a. 1920s science. <laughs> so these would be ah. living dinosaurs with, like, the tail dragging or, like, the T-Rex standing completely upright. <laughs> like <laughs> Kangaroo Rex. Yeah, and, but it would just be and a it real one. has three fingers, too. Yeah, it has three fingers. Probably they'd have, like, a long neck, like maybe in a Diplodocus, so I could say this is in this thing. Probably be more like a Brontosaurus is what they call it. But yeah, since it was... Make sure you throw one a Megalosaurus since it was still everywhere oh, back then. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And then make it so that, like... Because this would be an homage as well to the old movies, too. Since And also, mm-hmm. they would have used a snake to make the Apatosaurus to give it the long neck and tail and figure out how to put legs on it. It would be a carnivore. <laughs> <laughs> like so what? that's what I'm saying like this one would be a carnivore where like one of the people would be like oh don't worry that one's a vegetarian and then it just grabs one of the agents and eats it and it's like that's not paleontology accurate but it's because it was made from a snake <laughs> are they gonna be rhino horned um iguanodons uh I think by the 1920s I don't know if we thought they were rhino horned by the I think they I also don't want to focus on the dinosaurs too much in this one because yeah. I already have my dinosaur book but I just thought it'd be fun so yeah, so the Plotticus might be in my upcoming Tesla Nut sequel. <laughs> we'll just have mm-hmm. to see. Uh, and it would be eat people. Because, again, like in the old movies, everything was a carnivore. Like in King Kong 1993, the Stegosaurus tried to eat them. <laughs> like, What? Don't you remember that? Did you ever see the old King Kong? No, because it looks terrible. It is terrible. <laughs> Peter Jackson was impressed enough by it that he turned to a filmmaker, but mm. I'm not. <laughs> yes. I mean, I have respect for the classics, but it just doesn't appeal to me. No, exactly, and it's like... It was only recently that I actually bothered to watch the original Planet of the Apes and realized it was a bloody good movie. (laughs) Exactly. You know that scene from King Kong 2005 where they're filming the movie, and then she's like, I think it's awfully exciting, I've never been on a ship before. He's like, well, I've never been on one with a woman before. That's actual line from the original movie. They they put those in the movie they're making in the movie, but those are actually the lines from the original movie. (laughs) Because Peter Jackson put those that cheesy dialogue as a reference to it. Weren't they originally going to have the uh, Darrow actress, um, while yes. she was still alive, come through and make the beauty killed the beast quote? Yes, it was going to be Faye Ray, yeah, but then she died what happened, mm. so... Uh, so, Diplodocus. It was a big boy, but it was a long boy, mostly, because, like, you have the sauropods, you have tall ones like Brachiosaurus and Giraffe Titan, you have mm. the heavy ones like Argentinosaurus, and then you have the long ones, like Diplodocus. Mm. Well, not Brachy- the heaviest, um, but boy, they're the longest. Yeah, <laughs> right. and Diplodocus seems like a, um, if the Walking with Dinosaurs depiction is still accurate, fed at the lower level, like using its neck sweeping left to right, like a seesaw almost or something you know just going in a sea arc just feeding on like ferns and small shrubs absolutely to stuff which would explain the extreme diversity of sauropods in that formation at the time yes because like they they each fed on different parts of the tree like the niche partitioning uh, yeah like the uh, yeah exactly the uh brachiosaurus fed on the tops of the trees the chimarasaurus probably fed on the middle parts of the trees but the ones that were like hardier the diplodocus fed on the softer ferns and the lower branches so Hmm. And I definitely don't see Brachiosaurus feeding on the lower levels, assuming it was even capable of lowering its neck that low down. Well, it had to have at some point, otherwise how would have gotten a drink of water? True, that's a good point, but I definitely don't think it could have done it for very long. No, no, it probably, it probably would have had to have done is spread its front legs out, kind of like you see mm. a giraffe doing. So, 
What makes me the most sad about the, the Plotikids is the unfortunate loss of Amphicelius. <laughs> like, it's mm. still a valid species, but it's only like 90 feet long now. And that big vertebrae that we thought meant that it was like a 200-foot-long monster was actually a separate <laughs> species called Marapunisaurus that was part of the uh, Rabacosaurid group of sauropods that's kind of not as well known. They have disproportionately tall vertebrae, mm. so, and that's why that one was 9 feet tall. It wasn't because it was of a super big Diplodocus-like creature. Mm. Alas, but because, like, that's the thing. Like, the reason why in my final Megazoic book I had an Amphicelius be, like, one of the champions and it, and it could rear up on its hind legs and have these giant uh, blades that I didn't use to, like, sword fight, but, to, like, to puncture stuff and throw it, you know, because it was really mm. cool. Uh, because the Diplodocids were, were one of the only longnecks that could rear up. Mm. So... Like, like, it's highly unlikely Brachiosaurus could do what it does in the famous scene in the Jurassic Park movie where it stands up on well, like a tripod. Well, not even like, like if you watch it in the movie, it doesn't even raise its neck at all. It just it kind of moves it forward. He could have just taken a step forward. <laughs> or she, hmm. I might apologize. So not only was the animal being damn, damn lazy, but it broke its pelvis and probably its tail. Yeah, it was just trying to show off to the humans, I think. <laughs> it was yeah, like, look at me! It's a cool cinematic scene, so I get oh, for sure. reflect, but still. Hmm. It punctuates the majesty of the scene for sure it's a filmmaking over accuracy and in terms of cultural significance the Plotticus is infamous for having a silly name dippy at the museum uh, of natural history oh yes i remember dippy i guess what else, call it? what else would you call it doki <laughs> like don't like doki no. doki literature club remember that game <laughs> i would probably call it carney because it's um a replica of a d carnegie oh that would make that would be better too definitely better than dippy also, the depiction it has in Jurassic World Evolution is very clearly inspired by the Walking with Dinosaurs one because it has those spines. Oh, it's pretty much identical. It's basically identical, and I think that's a reference for sure. So, This is also one of the few animals that we have skin impressions, the few dinosaurs we have skin impressions. If I recall, yeah, it's like... Yeah. In, uh, 19, yeah, in 1990, it had narrow-pointed keratinous spines, much like that of an iguana. But those spines, we know it had those because of those skin impressions. And you would not want to get whipped by its tail. Yeah. Now, in terms of its tail, like, there is the whole thing, like, could it crack it like a whip? Like, like make it, like, whoosh, you know? Like, uh, Probably. It could definitely break the sound barrier. It's big but enough. But could it, though? Because that would be very painful. Like, I wonder, maybe if it could. Well, think about it. If it used it as an actual whip on a predator like an Aerosaurus, it would probably rip um, oh, it could definitely bones. But if it uses it in the air to make the whoosh, the sound will drive the carnivore off. See, I feel like, I don't know if the bones within it could make it go that fast, but maybe it could. I definitely think it could ram it, and it would hurt like hell on a mm. Allosaurus or whatever, but I don't know if, I mean, maybe it could. I think I remember reading somewhere that, like, they didn't think it could do the whip anymore, the whip crack, although maybe it could. Ah, all the cool things that they're depicted doing in that, I can't do them, so. I mean, look, as cool as dinosaurs are, they are still just animals, so, like. I know, I know. If we want them to be monsters, make movies where they are monsters. Yeah, it's being tongue in cheek anyway. Or, or write books where they become carnivorous snake creatures, <laughs> like me. It's kind of interesting as well that um, that really creepy, gross scene at the beginning of uh, that episode of Walking with Dinosaurs, where it lays the egg and has that weird tube thing like turtles have. Oh god! Oh god! I hate that. that. I hate that scene. But that whole thing, they came up with that because they falsely assumed, we now know this isn't true, that it couldn't squat enough. It couldn't. Uh. So it was like, if it couldn't squat, how could it lay eggs without them just breaking on the ground? 
I guess yeah, so, I can understand how they came to that conclusion. It was like, how the heck does something like Stegosaurus mate with those spikes? We don't know. That's the mystery of it. We don't know how it made it. Maybe it never did. Maybe there's only one generation of Stegosaurus. <laughs> Evolution was like, we screwed up here. <laughs> so. Or it was like, this is an episode in Nickelodeon with fart jokes with the kids and they fart and then all of a sudden there's a baby. Oh, that's true too. That could be it too. I mean, they were so dumb. Like, the Stegosaurus were so dumb, maybe they just walked into each other's cloacas. <laughs> just... Mm. <laughs> it's just that's the baby came out and like who <laughs> I mean at least if they were amphibians I mean obviously they're not but like they could yeah. just breed the way some amphibians do where the female shoots the egg into the water and then the male sprays over it you know let's say that's the reason that since they couldn't mate with each other the female just laid a bunch of infertile eggs and the male just went over and vomited on them. <laughs> like, <laughs> like a fish <laughs> we figured it out guys <laughs> 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 Uh, but more accurately, it's probably like the female kind of laid onto her side, like on her back, and the male just kind of went in that way, I'm assuming. so yeah. Definitely not a part of dinosaurs I want to think about. No, no. I mean, look, even though I have all this paleontological knowledge, whatever, I'm not a paleontologist. I'm just a really hardcore fan of dinosaurs. Or, and so yeah. I'm not a scientist in any way. So in terms of dinosaur copulation, not interested in figuring out more. Like, yeah. Especially on my end, because I'm quite prudish. Although, I've had to... several people, like, a uh, friend of the show and often guest co-host Lexi has asked me, do male dinosaurs have penises? I'm like, I don't know! And hopefully I never find out. <laughs> That's a good question, actually, and I don't want to find out either, because I'm pretty sure most birds don't. Ducks do! Ducks have those weird corkscrew penises. <laughs> like, Ooh. Yeah, there's your fun fact. <laughs> Ducks have a corkscrew penis. <laughs> I guess that gives people an excuse to have a corkscrew penis bottle wipe now that's got Donald Duck on the top. I was going to say, Donald Duck, you should wear pants if you got a corkscrew penis just flopping about now. They, they often, they, like whales do, they probably, they keep it within like a little flap that they only comes out when they need to. So. <laughs> Anyways, let's rate Diplodocus 1 out of 65 million. You go first. Ah, 50, 56 million. It's pretty cool. The fact that it could rear up is pretty cool. Like, they even call it, like, the tripod stance because it used to... That's when its tail would... It wouldn't be dragging on the ground, but it'd be kind of acting as a balancing sort of thing. Ah, yep. That's so. cool. I'll probably rate it, like, 45 million or something, like, because it's yeah. up there, but at the end of the day, it's just a sauropod. Perfect, perfect creature to put artillery on the back of, a.k.a. my Megazoic books. <laughs> like, <laughs> just... Or Peril World. Yeah, or Paraworld. Perfect one to have, like, a thing where a bunch of archers fire from it, like the Oliphants in Lord of the Rings. So, so I think, doesn't one of the civilizations have a unit in that, that because I, I can't play it anymore, obviously. No but, one um, can. It's very incompatible with my... I think I have a version of it that sort of works, but just barely and have to do a lot of, of compatibility stuff, and it is a pirated version, because, it, again, it's abandoned ah. wear, so... It's abandoned yeah. wear, like, it's that but gray some flowers went under, after all. Yeah, exactly. But no, like I think they they had the civilization, the dragon clan. They their titan yeah. unit was the seismo uh, destroyer or something. So that technically yeah, would be a doubled as a resource harvester too. Oh, that's right, it was. Oh, there was some really fun ideas in that. Not even just with dinosaurs, but just gameplay wise. Like yeah, like the army controller thing on the sides actually a good idea. Unfortunately, it was too. It wasn't flexible enough. Like you could only hit. Like you had the fixed pop cap, and then the amount of ranked units were determined by the slot. So you could only have one level five, which was usually a type. Which I guess one in one hand, it was kind of cool that you, the army control would have been perfect if it was bigger. If you could have like a hundred yeah. units rather than fifty. If it, that yeah, been and that you weren't locked for the amount on each rank, so to speak, like of the game. You could, or like, if it were, if, you, or if you were, you would you. It was the locked like rather than just one super one, you have like five <laughs> and like ten and then fifty and then yeah. So yeah, pretty much. All right. Well, 
All right, that's it for this week. If you want to get involved with the show, you can contact me at mattdmatthedoncreator.com for any of the general questions to any of the co-hosts. You can find me on social media at mattthedoncreator on, uh, on Facebook and mattthedon64 everywhere else. So Facebook, so I mean Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, that sort of thing. Like I said, I have some books, uh, one of which is Megazoic, available for printing Kindle. Surely, I think one of the uh, jer- juggernauts be at the Pluckus, I think. I don't know. I know I had him a <laughs> minky source. Why do I never know what dinosaurs I used in my own damn books? It's, uh, this is my own fault because I... I the, the, the thing where I like, hey, since I'm autistic and I like the variety and I want everyone to learn different species, every character and every background character is going to be a different species. That won't be confusing <laughs> to modern audiences at all. And so, and so I forget. Uh, you shut yourself in the foot. I did, but look, I, on one hand, I don't regret it because it's like, oh, that's cool. Then therefore, there was all these different um, species I could use to introduce people to a lot of things. But on the other hand, it means I don't... And except for the main characters, I don't remember what any of the species are, any of the background characters I use. Hold on, let me go into my Megazoic thing here. Oh, I just I just use it in a metaphor. Maybe they had a shot. It would still be a long shot. A shot longer than three Diplodocus from Blinky's sniper rifle that no doubt hadn't hit its proper target in years. So there we go. That was when I used Diplodocus in my books. <laughs> As a metaphor. <laughs> Stay on target. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, uh, also Tesla Mancer, the sequel to my book Tesla Knots, my non dinosaur related book, except for the sequel Tesla Mancer, which is, will come out early 2024. That one's gonna have, uh, not Diplodocus, but some dinosaurs, maybe a Diplodocus, probably more likely a Brontosaurus, or, so. Indeedy, ooh. Anyways, that's it for this week. Say at the end of every episode of Paleobites, whatever it is you just said. Dippy! <laughs> <laughs> Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.